Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning, Friday. Life of December camp is a full brekkie on SCNZ. It's just after 7 o'clock. Yes, Friday. That means only one more week before Izzy Kempe go off for a wee break. It has been a big year, a long year. And if you've missed anything or you want to have a wee catch-up, we have had some awesome guests on this year, and I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely enjoyed it. And uh, if you've missed any of those, head over to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on the SCNZ app or wherever you get your podcasts. And have a wee listen. Um, we've had a good week this week in particular. Gordon Titchens earlier on in the week uh, giving us a little inkling of what a young daggy was like running around in 2007. A couple of stories to boot and they also spoke about where the game is at the moment. So, so good. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. There are some good Meshers coming through, and Kenny's coming out to a Hawkerways with the family to have a swim and a barbecue and have a couple of cold ones and a wee punt. That sounds like a family weekend to me, Kenny. How good. But, Kempe, we're going to talk some football. Yeah, that's right. It's no secret that Kiwi football fans have a soft, a soft spot for the English, is he, who have endured decades of disappointment. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those live, actually, up there in 1998 was one of them, the Euros. Since last winning the World Cup way back in 66, this new generation of superstars will have their chance to right the wrongs of past England sides. When they take on the French this weekend, how good in the quarterfinals. So can they do it? Let's hope they can. Well, football journalist Ben Hunt will have a better idea than we do. He's up there in the UK and he's been kind enough to join us this morning, his evening. Good evening, Ben. How are you? Morning, guys. Yeah, from a cold, cold, cold UK. It's uh, <laughs> minus minus one degrees here. It's a, it's a nippy one at the moment. So oh. uh, all those talk about beers on a beach, they sound ideal at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> Another white Christmas coming your way, Ben. I remember those um, had plenty of them up there. Um, but let's talk about this French game, mate. You ex- are you excited sure. about Saturday or are you dreading it? Which one are you? Which, <laughs> which fence are you sitting on? <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I'm super positive. Um, I always get this way when World Cups come around. It is slightly different this time, obviously, with the World Cup being in the winter. Our winter time is, you know, it's weird, you know, that you haven't got the same sort of packed out pub atmosphere. So a lot more people are watching it from homes. But of course, you know, there's still that um, that feel good factor. You go in all the shops and you see all the all the flags and everything and all, all the kids in schools are getting all rather excited about it. And, you know, I think we've got good reason to believe that, you know, that there is a chance of, of us winning this competition. Um, I think going into it, England were out of form, but they seem to have, have, mm. have got, you know, got off 
to a good start. And there does seem to be a belief and a confidence within the, within the camp. But, uh, you know, that's only taken us so far. Let's see how we do at the weekend. Yeah, look, you get a sense that they are confident. What, what is the sudden turnaround with, with the English side? Like, you think back to the semi-finals back in 2018 when they made it. Do you think the yeah. sides yeah. that England's got at the moment is a whole lot better? Yeah, I do. I think that there's big, they're playing with a freedom which I haven't seen an England team do before. Um, and there's a, a collective um, spirit amongst the players. They're, they're very young, you know. This is a very young England team, um, and the players that they, you know, that Gareth Southgate has picked has been a, a blend of youth and experience. And I think it's actually worked out quite quite beautifully. You know, the, the, the seasoned pros are there doing good enough job, but you're, you're seeing the young players come through, and they offer an excitement. And I think that's really what's encapsulated the, the you know, the spirit and the, the passion for it behind, um, you know, certainly from a UK or English perspective, you know, that you're seeing these young players come through and it's lifted the nation into a sense of, yes, we can actually do it this year. And I know we say that every year, you know, we've had golden generations <laughs> when you've had like Lampards and Gerrards and, you know, really good individual players. But this is a collective group of, of young, nice. ambitious, hungry players who don't have fear. And that's the best thing about it. They haven't been watching uh, the English cricket side, have they? <laughs> I know, it's unreal, isn't it? We're, do, we, we're doing okay everywhere at the moment. That time we took up some winter sports, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going good. But uh, let's not talk about the rugby. Let's not go down there. <laughs> no, 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 we'll stay away from this. Don't worry, you'll have a Kiwi coach in that soon too, Ben, so uh, you'll be you'll be right. <laughs> we'll, sort, we'll sort that out for you as well. <laughs> hey, but, but talking about the strength and the quickness of, of the English side up front, you you like the way that they yeah. look. What about at the back? Do you think they can stop a mark, eh? That that's that's my my biggest concern. Uh, fragility at the back. It is kind of an aging back four, and there's no pace there whatsoever. Which is that's the frightening aspect. And I think that for me, the big emphasis is going to be on Declan Rice, who's the holding midfielder, and I think he's going to have his work cut out. Um, you know, Mbappe is just one of a many. You know, a, a, a great attacking lineup for the French. So that is my concern. Um, I'm not overly enamoured by Pickford in goal. Um, so we're, we're talking about our back five now. Um, and I'm just hoping that, that by miracle we seem to get through it without conceding a goal because I think if we do go a go down, um, then that's when the problem may may start. And of course, if that happens, then the confidence in those those younger players will, will quickly edge away, you know. And I think we need to yeah, got... sort of stay nil-nil for as long as we can. You look after Mbappe, then you got Giroud, who's um, heading towards the most goals for France. You got Griezmann, yeah. so you shut down one, it creates opportunities for other others. Like who yeah. really needs to stand up for the English? Well, you got one player, Mbappe, but there's the three others out there that are capable of causing havoc as well. This this is true, but then I, I would argue that you know the Premier League is a very strong league, and I think that you know okay oh, yeah. Harry Maguire come into this um, into this championship with question marks about his ability, but you know he's played phenomenally well in those those previous games, and of course you've got the experience of dealing with mm. top class players week in week out, and this isn't to say that the French league isn't good because it is a good quality league but it's not as yep. good as the Premier League in my opinion and I think that's where you've got the confidence in that back five to operate as a decent back five and hopefully experience will win over because um, as I say when it comes down to pace I think they're going to lose out. 
I asked a question earlier on in the week, Ben, about the EPL as as uh, compared to the Bundesliga and the, the Serie A yeah. and the Spanish comp. Is this a real standout um, as far as England getting this far, the French using EPL players, that the EPL is the premier competition up there uh, in the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I think that, you know, we see, you know, for, for me, a good mark is where the, the talent goes. And I think that the, the, the talent at the moment is in the, the English Premier League. I think, you know, a few years ago, and I'm, I'm, well, let's go back 20 years, and you saw a big drain of talent going to Italy, and then that talent went to Spain. I think at the moment, all the young, good players are, are heading in the, in the Premier League's direction. You only need to look at Man City's squad um, for proof of that, you know. You know, Harland had a, a pick of the whole world wherever he wanted to go. And of course, he picked Manchester City. Um, and, and that, for me, says a lot about the state of the Premier League at the moment. It's in a healthy situation with TV contracts and lucrative uh, sponsorship deals. But of course, it's also attracting the best players because, in my opinion, it is the best league in the world. That is flying at the moment. You've seen the sale of Chelsea, now potential sale of Manchester United. Haven't heard much out of that little uh, ring at the moment. We'll have to get a wee update. But we'll talk about talk to me about will, will Raheem Sterling likely be available to play this weekend? Yeah. And if he is, would you put him in the starting eleven? What's the latest there, mate? Yeah, he is back in contention. He has flown back out, and I'm sure people know, yeah. but you know, just bring him up to speed. It's, uh, he, his house got burgled while he was away on international duty. Unfortunately, we, we do see this sometimes. You know, mm. with players going away, it's quite obvious where they are, and you know, they're, they're, they, yeah. they're a target for organised um, gangs. So, um, you know, he was targeted. Uh, he was, um, you know. Missed him. He did miss a game, but he is back and he is in the squad. He's in contention. Would I pick him? Probably not to start, but he'd definitely be in the squad. I, I guess if they do get through this one, um, Ben, and then they get through either Por- Portugal or Morocco, they have got a dead set chance of winning it. Who would you Who would you rather face if you did get past the Morocco, who are on that unbelievable yeah. run at the moment, or Portugal, who put six past the Swiss? <laughs> I think that's an easy one. I think we take the Moroccans. Um, I think you know there's so much there's so much history we've got with Portugal as well. You know, um, you know you need to remember that uh, Ronaldo. Do you remember he got uh, Rooney sent off and he did that little wink? And I think there's quite a lot of emotion in that oh. Portuguese camp at the moment. Not to not to mention the talent as well. So I think if we were going to pick, I mean, you would pick the Moroccans. I think. Moroccans, man, I can't believe that. Unbelievable story. They bet my, I've got a swear to sweepstakes here. They bet my Belgium, and I was like, who's this? But I'm quite happy. They knocked out Spain. So they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. If you are to progress, or say yep. you're taking on France, and you're, to keep you sane, would you want to stay away from penalties? Um, yes, I think so. I've, I've seen too many penalty shootouts in my life. I've, I've got too much grey hair at the moment. I'm, I'll be a dead ringer for Father Christmas, I think. Um, yeah, we, we don't need penalties. I mean, this is the silly thing. I was listening to, um, you know, Spain went out on penalties and they'd practised over a thousand penalty kicks. I and then they, they, they all stood up and, 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 and were terrible. That's why they so, had no energy you know, when really... they were kicking those balls. <laughs> they practised too hard. <laughs> so it's, it's a lottery. And I think that's the that's the worst thing yeah. that it can come down to. So um, I don't think it will get that far against France. There will be a goal in it. As I say, I just hope that it stays nil-nil for as long as possible and we, we pop up with a goal in the second half at some stage.
Awesome, awesome. That's England, France. You've got Morocco, Portugal we just touched on. Croatia, Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina. The other quarterfinals, how do you see them transpiring? Yeah, it's difficult to see past the Brazilians, isn't it? They seem to have a, a bit of a, a swagger in their step. They seem to be enjoying their football as well. So, you know, I think that that's, that's the obvious pick. Um, and, and seeing them through. Um, with regards to the other, I still think we've got some more shocks in this competition. You know, mm. we've, we've seen yeah. a few of them, and I th- I'd like to see some more. Um, it's been a, <laughs> been a good tournament for shocks, hasn't it, really? Um, I'm, just, I'm just hoping <laughs> England aren't one of them. Yeah, no, they should, they should be. F- oh, look, I hope they do get past France because uh, I have been up in England when they have been on a run, and it's a fantastic spot to be. So, you know, those pubs, even though it's winter and you're going to have a white snowy Christmas will be full. <laughs> hey, Ben, I just want to... It'd be remiss of us not to ask, but the Cristiano Ronaldo sure. situation and with, yep. with what's going on with Portugal, how's that playing out in England um, currently through the through the media? What's what's the chatter yeah, up there? It's, it's, well, it's an interesting one because obviously he'd, you know, done the interview and, and made it clear mm. that he wanted to, to go. Um, you know, it's quite a sad end to his career, but... I think because the fact I think most United fans see him sort of a you know as a this is a second coming for Ronaldo and it was never going to be as good as the first. I think there's kind of almost a good mm. riddance to um, seeing him go. I don't think there'd be too many hardcore Man United fans upset by that. So I think it's yeah. a fresh start for United and that they keep having these um, false you know new dawns and, and and they definitely need something to to kickstart their success again because at the moment you know they're not enjoying the best of form and I think that you need to get rid of all the bad apples and and start afresh Mm. um so it's probably a good time to do it January transfer window allow you you know to find a a suitable replacement and so let's see what happens with that but um you know I don't think too many people will be sorry to see him go if I'm honest yeah look I'm a Cristiano Ronaldo fan I I don't want to you know What's unfolded lately and how it's kind of all played out. I'm not going to remember Ronaldo by that. I'm a Manchester United fan because of that young curly head kid that (laughs) went there and did what he did. So he's inspired young kids around the world. So let's always remember that, Ben. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that the way that he was able to transfer to different leagues, you know, and, and, and adjust yeah. physically to the very different demands of different and technically to different leagues, you know, no other player has been able to do that mm. with so much success. So, you know, it's not to, you know, pile on, but I think that it is time for him yeah. to move on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's going to move on and go get paid just nicely. Hey, all good. <laughs> ben, Hunt. ben Hunt, we appreciate you coming on, mate, and talking football Cheers, with guys. us. You're an absolute champion. Merry Christmas and a happy yeah, new year. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. It's Quizzy Tag on SCNZ Wood. It's Quizzy Tag on SCNZ Wood.
I love it. Absolutely love it. And I love that tune because it reminds me it's Friday. Yeah. Ooh, how good. And quizzy dag time. Remember, Connor, the other day I said if you call any time, 0800 150 811, you'll slip straight to the top, mate. You'll go straight to the top. So, Connor, if you're out there, give us a call. Here we go. Oh, let me guess. Lemmy, morning. Oh, morning, uh, Kimpy, as well. Morning, uh, morning <laughs> finally, morning, finally, finally, brother. Finally, you put a hard one on, folks. Nothing, nothing. Oh. <laughs> you were a good singer. Do you not like my one there, Lemmy? Come on, brother. Oh, give us a little, no, give sorry. us a G. Let me go. Give us a G. <laughs> no, sorry, brother. I've got to admit that you're a better singer than me. Okay? <laughs> it's all about effort and participation, brother. I'm uh, sure after I a couple of coldies, you'll have a good voice. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, when you have a I enjoy it, mate. I do it. Tongue in cheek. Absolutely love it. Enjoy your enjoy your call every morning. Let me here we go, mate. Good luck. Question number one. The richest contract in MLB history for a non pitcher was signed yesterday for five hundred and sixty five oh. million New Zealand dollars. Which player received this? Well, wouldn't never sleep, but I was a busy Um <laughs> oh, geez. Can I have a clue, please, Kippy? Yes, Even that won't matter. Yes, Your Honour. <laughs> yes, Your Honour. Oh, oh. Uh, yes, Your Honour. Oh, nah, sorry. I'll just call him Mr. Daggy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish, Lemmy. I wish. But not me. All right, mate. Have a good day, brother. Simon from Auckland. Morning. Morning. How you going? Simon Good thing, Simon. Richest goes. contract in MLB history for a non-pitcher was signed yesterday. Five hundred sixty-five million, three hundred sixty million US. Which player received this? Yes, Your Honour. Was it Aaron Judge? Yes, Aaron Your Honour. Judgey <laughs> is correct. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Take on the quizmaster. The phone lines are still open. Connor, come on. Which weight division does Kiwi boxer David Nika fight in? Three, two, one. Um, heavyweight? Not sure. You want a clue? Heavyweight. Heavyweight is incorrect. Sorry, Sai. Have a good day, brother. Zaid. Morning, Zaid. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Um, is it cruiserweight? It is cruiserweight. That is correct. Question number three. The breakers went down. 81-88 last night in the NBA. Who did they lose to? The Sydney, Sydney, top of the table, Sydney Kings and Xavier Sydney, Yeah, Xavier cooked them. Sydney Kings, how good. Question number four. Which team are currently TAB favourites to win the FIFA World Cup? Jeez, these are hard. Brazil. <laughs> yeah, even, Brazil. Even I get these ones today, Joe. Brazil. And a, and a kinder surprise. Here we go. Question number five to go. Bring it all home. UFC golden boy, Paddy the Baddie Pimlet, 
is fighting this weekend on UFC 282. Which English city is Paddy from? He's from oh. Liverpool, mate. We don't get knock scousers. Oh, there you go. You can put your money on it, mate. You won a $50 TAB bonus bet. There you go, Zadie. Well done. The transition from professional athlete to the next phase of your life is an interesting one. I can... uh, Read to that one, and one that takes everybody that goes through it on a unique journey, finding something that you're passionate about that also scratches the itch left by pro sport isn't necessarily straightforward, but when it works, it works. In recent times, there's been too many more high-profile athletes after sport that of former all-white Tim Brown. You may have heard of a humble, ultra-sustainable shoe company called Allbirds. Well, Tim is the co-founder and co-CEO of the company, which last year, when publicly listed, was valued at more than five billion big ones. So from captaining his country's football side to captaining a global business at the cutting edge of technology, sustainability and fashion, it's been some journey for the good Kiwi, Tim Brown, and he's been good enough to give us some time this morning. How are you doing, Tim? Good, man. I'm bitter for that introduction. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, Tim, can you can you believe how it's all panned out? You know, we're always told to drink big and to aspire to our goals. But as a Kiwi lad who ran around in the backyard, did you ever think, you know, that you'd have this much impact on a couple of ideas and industries? Oh, yeah, it's a really interesting question. And, and the short answer is sort of no, you know, no. no. Um, I mean, this started as a as a as a... Uh, a curiosity idea when uh, uh, born from my apartment in Cuba Street in Wellington when I was playing for the Phoenix a number of years ago. So I'd be lying, uh, you know, if, if, if I said I imagined all of this. But that being said, you know, when I started it uh, and as I worked on this for a number of years and imagined a shoe made of wool and, you know, it's a funny it's a funny thing. You, you gain a lot of confidence and, and ambition and and those, those dreams kind of come along along the way and you start to ask questions like kind of why not and no one else is really doing it well so uh and 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 so I, i'd be lying if i didn't didn't have ambition too from the beginning of when, when i started it as well and maybe uh both of those two things can coexist yeah you're dead right in it like the ambition is massive you know as a pro footballer um did you actually know that there was more after football Oh yeah, I, I actually yeah, I almost think the other way around. Like, I, so I went to university in America on a soccer scholarship when I was eighteen. I, I left home and and um, and and really kind of fell in love with design and what I was studying. And the sport was sort of something that was sort of around something that I'd done um, that I that I loved, but was 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 always trying to have to work really really hard to make make that happen. Um, so in many ways, it was the football was a little bit accidental, and I always wanted to kind of come back to the design and. The, the sport obviously ended up going on for about a decade and then we had a great run with the All Whites and the World Cup and uh, and then walked away and, and came back to something that I, I kind of always knew I was going to do. So I was quite lucky in that regard. Like I'd find I'd found design um, and, and, you know, quite early on as sort of something that I felt like I really wanted to work on. Mm. And, and talking about those football experiences, especially the adversity, do you call on, you know, like um, experience – Especially in the adverse uh, situations when you when you're running your business and you get into those tough times. 
Oh, 100%. You know, as um, as my co-founder likes to, to point out to me, though, I've got no choice because I've never had any other job. So um, <laughs> I have to take, this, I have to take the, the lessons from sport, you know. But look, I mean, uh, I don't need to tell anyone on this call that, um, you know, the pressure that you deal with and the, the need to perform, what it takes to be part of a team, resilience, all that stuff's a little bit obvious. What's a little bit less obvious, I think, that you learn as an athlete is that um, you come into work every day, uh, you can't usually see the improvement, but you're getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And if you stick with something for long enough, you know, lo and behold, you get good at it. And I think um, in business, that's a it's a less common thing. I think people are looking for easy answers and quick wins. And I think as an athlete, you learn you've got to put the work in. You know, you, you show up every day, you can't see it, and you know, you might lose a couple of games, but the best teams win the season. You know, and the best careers are made with an accumulation of a lot of effort over a long period of time. And so that that focus, that's probably the biggest thing I've taken from my sporting staff is you've got to trust that process, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm just thinking of some situations that you possibly find yourself in, you know, like you, you score that fantastic goal, was it 2000 and you went the the World Cup in 2010, score that fantastic goal for the Phoenix that gets played, you know, over and over again. Do you find yourself thinking about those moments where you're sitting down putting the, these big business strategies and ideas together? Does your mind wander between the two that often? Oh, yeah. yeah um, it's good that you and my dad are the only uh, two people that remember that goal, so I appreciate that. Um, that's uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, look, I mean, it's funny. You know, I, when I think about that, I think about the fact that that was probably like the result of coming into the Phoenix, not being able to make it in the A-League, trying to prove myself showing up, getting in the team, working, working really, really hard along the way, finding my own confidence and my my own sort of sense of, of how I can contribute. And then having a moment like that is really like the end of it. And and so you remember those bits, but, you know, it's it's, it's those are the easy bits. The, the good bits are the, you know, are the, are the, are the, are the relationships and, the, and, the, and those teams and, the, and those hard bits that you do when no one else is looking. Mm. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of that that I've taken from, from, from you know, into the business world. And and also think the other thing too, you know, in sport, you learn to be pretty honest about what you're good at and what you're not. And you don't try and do everything. Yeah. You like, you try and make yourself indispensable to a team and you play a, a very specific role within it. And there was, there was one or two things that I tried to do really well in football and, and similarly in business, try to do one or two things really, really well. And then, and then put the other people around you. So, I mean, those are the big things, uh, you know, I think, and, and then maybe like the last, the last thing like Tony is you get a lot of feedback and, 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 um, and, and particularly in business and, and particularly in the early stages of trying to create a shoe out of wool, like, mate, people will come out of the woodwork trying to <laughs> trying to find me to tell me how bad the idea was. And uh, I think that ability to kind of listen to the feedback, but also kind of ignore it as well and do do what you want to do because you want to do it uh, is sort of, there's a certain sort of um, toughness that I think you, you know, that sport teaches you to kind of keep going. Um, so it will be really helpful. Yeah, build, building resilience, eh, Tim? That's basically what you're talking about when you when you're growing up as an athlete. You go through those good times and those bad times. Man, they make you they make you a, a lot better character later on. Um, just Jeff, just got stuck in with the football here for a sec, second. You know, you've been a big part of the Phoenix, um, been to the World Cup. Are you frustrated at the moment that the the game in this country hasn't kicked on and that we can't consistently be at the World Cup? Oh, yeah, I mean, pretty close. I mean, you know, when we went in uh, 2010, you know, it'd been 28 years since we've been and and now, you know, partly favourably by the the draw, but also just by kind of uh, uh, 
you know, the rise in young talent, more Kiwis than ever playing overseas. You've got people performing in the Premier League week on week. You know, would it, could it be better? Would, would you love to be there? Um, there's, a, there's a hell of a lot of nations around the world that are not at the World Cup. I think Italy. Um, and I don't actually like to think the game's come a hell of a long way. And I don't know if you watched that game against Costa Rica, but my God, they were, they were like infinitely, you know, better than we were technically and mm. as a team. And, you know, so I don't know, man, I, I tend to be much more on the, on the sense that the game's come a long way. And, you know, um, you, do you wish there was a, there was an A-League team in Auckland and one in Wellington and maybe one in Christchurch and the game was a little bit more in the, in the, in the consciousness on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think so. But it's all coming. It's all coming, man. It's all coming. I, I actually feel quite positive about it. Yeah, look, we're watching the watching the the round ball, the soccer ball being kicked around at schools and that, and how our girls are now got a professional game. It's it's awesome to watch. Um, but let's talk let's talk a little bit about all birds. I talked I talked to my partner this morning. I said, man, you wouldn't believe it. We've got Tim Brown talking to us today on more than an athlete, which is a segment that we run here at SCNZ. Um, and just about this environmental uh, emphasis you have on your company, it's pretty inspiring. But did people or critics ever try to use that against you and and why this uh, couldn't work? Oh, you know, it's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I mean, the way I sort of think about it is is a little different, um, is that it's it's actually sort of the armour for, for the criticism. And, um, you know, when I was playing sport, I, and as you, I don't know, I mean, I'm not doing the interview, but I'm sure, I don't know you know, you'd have your own opinion on this, but I started playing professional sport and it was a dream in a lot of ways as a kid, particularly. And then I, I found myself living it and, and and it probably maybe didn't mean as much as I thought it might. And um, it actually became a job like anything else. And then you start thinking, well, you know, do I love this or am, or am I just doing a job like anyone else? And and that's hard to sort of explain to people that don't do it because, you know, everyone would sort of say you're privileged and you are. But then I, I kind of worked out along the way that playing for New Zealand was sort of something that was like transformative and it was it was bigger than me and bigger than just the game and the result. And it really was like unlocked a whole new level of commitment and engagement for me. And mm. similarly, um, we started all birds and I was making a shoe out of wool uh, and I couldn't quite work out why. I mean, I obviously was curious about it and I saw the opportunity, but I didn't grow up on a sheep farm. I didn't grow up dreaming about shoes. And then along the way, I, I met my co-founder and realized that, you know, that there was an incredible problem to solve in climate change and sustainability. And, uh, it was the problem of our generation in many ways that we were going to need to rethink every product and service we use every day. And I was like, oh, you know, shit, like that, that's a that's something that you could dive into and spend the rest of your life working on. And and actually that was the that was the shield for for all the criticism and all the naysayers and all, you know, to actually go, oh, I'm doing this for a larger reason. And then that's going to push me and power me forward. So it's a little cliche to talk about purpose in the context of what you're doing on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis, but in both those contexts uncovering that purpose has been the thing that's allowed me to push through when when people have come out of the, the woodwork to sort of criticise it. Well, so so good to hear, Tim. So good to hear. Your IPO, though, which was pretty outrageous, happened just over a year ago. Um, where does that, you know, as far as your business goes, sit currently from a financial point of view? Because naturally, we've known that COVID has put a squeeze on everything. How are you sitting? Are you, are you comfortable with where your business is at the moment? Uh, well, you know, I would sort of say there's a lot of, um, you know, doubt uh, about us as a, as a public company right now. You know, we went out a year ago. Um, let's be clear. It's not just us. The world has gone through <laughs> in the last 12 months, a lot of change. We're on the cusp of, uh, you know, a lot of economic challenge. So this is not unique to all birds, but um, the challenge uh, for the recent cohort of IPOs is real. And 
Um, you know, I, 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 we believe we're six years into a journey to build a hundred year brand. So this is, this is just the beginning. Uh, and, but we've got to prove that, that our purpose and, and profit can coexist and we can build a great business and brand. And, uh, you know, you dream about playing on the biggest stage, playing in the premier league. Um, and then you're there and then, and then it gets a little harder and then you've got to prove yourself. And so we've got, we've got lots of work to do and we've got, you know, a thousand employees now, 50 retail stores, offices around the world. And, um, just, just a lot of things we've got to keep doing and a lot of things we've got to prove. So yeah, it's just, it's just part of it. You know, like it's like anything else, the share price is, is sort of just one, one part of it and the fullness of time, um, it will reward great businesses. And, and that's what, what I believe we can be. And we'll just keep kind of working towards that. Making, making an impact. Definitely. Um, well done. It's, it's inspiring talking to you. And one of the things that is really inspiring is how you've been able to intertwine some New Zealand materials out of our farming sector into what you're doing um, with all birds. You must be pretty pleased about that. Yeah, it's one of the, it was one of the great bits, you know, like um, for 50 years, we've been innovating in synthetic materials derived from barrels of oil, petroleum, plastic effectively. And mm. it, uh, uh, we've, we've sort of put nature on the shelf. Uh, no one in a generation has been really grown up, no young Kiwis growing up wanting to be a, a farmer. Uh, you know, peak sheep in New Zealand was the early 80s and now, you know, close to 100 million now, what is it, less than 25. Um, but lo and behold, uh, you, you know, things are changing. And uh, the environmental sector, agriculture has been held up maybe as an enemy of the environment for a long time, but through a lot of the things we're learning about regenerative agriculture and different ways of farming, they're one of the single biggest levers that we can pull to reverse the impact of climate change. And we've been working with our partners at New Zealand Merino on some really interesting stuff there. And it's extraordinary. And that farming community has been through so much. And all of a sudden now they are the future when for so, you know, for, for quite a while now they've been the past and that's incredibly exciting. Oh. And, uh, that fiber and the stuff they're doing, and it's it's incredibly incredibly exciting. So I, that there's not has been it's been a while since there's been good news in that sector. But let me tell you, that is changing. If you're not listening, then yeah, I suppose you better hurry up and open up your mindset here on what Tim's saying. Um, look, not to oversimplify uh, things, Tim, but how much hard work has it been from start to now, and can anything replicate just good old fashioned hard work? Oh yeah, that's a part of it. But you don't, you don't, you don't win the game uh, on the weekend just because you worked harder. Like that's a part of it, you know. And um, it's about it's about a couple of things. It's it's like about about doing the right things. It's about being incredibly focused uh, and pairing that like day to day work that you're doing. If I use a sporting metaphor, at training with a larger vision of where you want to go, and then to do that in a, in a way that is like anchored in values and a sense of purpose. You know, like that it's larger than just the results. And so. Look, I mean, I, I feel a little embarrassed to be talking about this in the context of like, you know, the, the All Blacks and, and and different things here. But like, there is no greater example in the world than, than that in action, right? And then the results become become a, an output of, 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 of really, really thoughtful inputs. Um, and so, yeah, you want to work hard, but that, that's, that's not a means into it in and of itself. It's, the question is like how you're doing that in what way and, 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 uh, and focused on, on, and on what outcomes. Yeah, love it, absolutely love it, Tim. I just want to uh, be sent a question here from a good mate because he wants to know when you're back in New Zealand next so we can go out and have a beer with you and pick your brain on what the next big Merino Allbird, uh, um, I guess, uh, invention is going to be so we can get ourselves our hands on it. When are you coming home? Yeah. 
Well, I'm coming home for Christmas, uh, bringing home the kids, which I cannot wait for next week, and um, back with the family in in, uh, in Wellington, and uh, we're going to go to the go to the beach, and uh, I just can't wait. Bring the kids back; um, it'll be good. And uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, lots of amazing things happening uh, here in San Francisco, and I feel fortunate. But my heart's back home, so I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, but I can't commit to that beer. I don't know who your mate is. <laughs> I'll tell you who he is. He's the one. And, he's the one and only Dagabeel. We've given him a couple of horse names at the moment. We've given him one name is Dagabeel, after Zabel, the great man. And uh, I'll tell you what, if we can sit down and have a beer with him, Tim, you'll you if you love New Zealand, you'll love Izzy Dag. He's the best at it. Hey, uh, just well, be- just before we let you go, um, yeah. just tell us who do you think will win the World Cup? Brazil get it? Well, that no, that that that's easy. That's um. England wins the World Cup. No, actually, England loses the final of the World Cup. I kind of want them to win, but um, you know, look, I'm a bit of a sucker for history. Uh, you know, for history, and and uh, and uh, Messi wins the World Cup here. Greatest player maybe of all time. First time since Maradona beats England in the final. I know that's heartbreaking, but that's what happens. Sorry to ruin it for you. Oh, nice. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us. And you're so busy these days, Tim. I really appreciate it. And uh, you go well, mate. You keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job. And uh, we'd love to see you next time you come home and sit down and have a nice coldie with you. Yeah, bloody good. I really appreciate it. And that's the truth about the farmers. Uh, another time when we have more time, that's real. That is real. And 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 is hugely interesting. And I don't think enough Kiwis know about it. And uh um, I'm, I'm really pumped about that so we'll talk about that more next time yeah uh, well guys we've made it it's time for the Friday Tipple ah oh, we've made it we have, mate. I love that tune. Just the wind down our week, Kempi, our show. It's been an awesome week, man. This is time to reflect. And just quickly, Mark, New Age Tiger would be fine. Just want old Tiger's phone contacts, Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you're on one today, Mark. Appreciate it. You've been outstanding this week. Keep the it up, bud. Anyway. <laughs> the Black Book. Ooh, I think that's stowed in the ocean. I think they threw it off the boat. So don't come back, nor me, you bloody black book. Anyway, let's rip into it. Friday tipple. To start off the week, we caught up with Sir Gordon Titchens, who spoke about what Kurt Baker has meant to the Sevens team during his tenure. Unfortunately for myself, we went a bit off course, and Titch brought up the time he had to pick me up from R&B. <laughs> no, it was pretty good, really. I only had to go, to, um, go and find him at Hawks Bay once. The program wasn't pitchmized then, so um, I had to try and ring him. If you asked for the phone, then I had to jump in a van and um, go and find him. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, apologise for that. Yeah, the boys were like, "Where were you?" I said, "Oh, mate, I went, I went out to R and V, and then I went to this lake, and there was a there was a tournament in the Mount Monganui that I was meant to play in, 
And I was like, nah, I'm not playing on that. I'll just go play nationals. Anyway, he wasn't happy. Came and hunted me down and gave me a boot up the backside. What I needed anyway. <laughs> good to catch up with him. Oh, yeah, Daggy. You're oh. the best, mate. And good to hear that Titch tunes into the best breakfast show on SENZ. Well done, Titch. <laughs> Thanks for the chat. Uh, but we also stoked we got to chat with New Zealand great Kurt Baker and wish him a happy retirement. Kurt spoke deeply about his relationship with Sir Gordon Titchens and how he helped to shape Kurt's values that he still holds with him today. Got a lot of time for that. Obviously, missing out on um, Rio, I suppose, tarnished a bit of that. But um, I think the things that I still have in my game now and, and me as a person, the values that I have, I think a lot of it has come from Titch. Yeah, the itch, that's what he's got in it, Kurt Baker. He can't help it but put his hand on people's faces when he gets up off the ground. I like that, Kurt Baker. What a legend. Oh, it's awesome. Catch up with Kurt. The crap, we call him, and uh, hey, you'll go down as one of the greats. 53 tournaments, how good. Uh, we caught up with Kiwi. Yes, you heard it. Kiwi, not British, Cam Norrie. He's competing in the ASB Classic in January next year, and he's definitely looking forward to coming home. So pumped. Obviously went to that, that tourney as a kid and watched all the, the players there and was always wanting to, to be playing at that event. And then obviously with COVID, it hasn't been a tourney for the last couple of years. So I'm really excited to, to be back. And obviously a couple of years ago, I made the final there. So it'd be nice to lift the trophy in my hometown and go one more and go one further. Yeah, it is hometown. Go one more, go further. There is ASB, Auckland, get, get on him Tennis now. Classic. He's there. Oh, mate, he'd be raging, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Dollar 10. I'll surely get that boosted. Be like, sh- and a couple be like of Scoonies. And a couple of Scoonies. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, though. It's so inspiring talking to Kiwi businessman and football legend Tim Brown, as you heard this morning, who's living it up in the States with his shoe brand, the All Birds. I asked him if he was frustrated not seeing the All Whites at the World Cup. He seemed to think football in New Zealand is in a good place, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, pretty close. I mean, you know, when we went in uh, 2010, you know, it'd been 28 years since we'd been, and I tend to be much more on the, on the sense that the game's come a long way. And do you wish there was, a, there was an A-League team in Auckland and one in Wellington and maybe one in Christchurch and the game was a little bit more in the, in the, in the consciousness on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think so, but it's all coming. It's all coming, man. It's all coming. I, I actually feel quite positive about it. Nice. And I am too, I think. Uh, football's grown in this country and the World Cup after that. Again, we'll see another kick. Just like the Ferns, football and rugby union registration next year will definitely be up as. Yeah, I, I think the competition yeah, is, is flying. I just think uh, the All-Whites need to transition from that domestic competition into the All-Whites and hopefully get some more games. We just need to play more internationals. That's basically it. More internationals will be so much better. Okay, finally... We can't forget one of the greatest interview bombs in SCNZ history with Nick Kyrgios stopping in for in for a very brief chat about the Boston Celtics and Scoonies. So I just have a, a special guest uh, that wants to say hi. Oh. We've got Nick Kyrgios right here in, in Saudi. What's going on? Oh, yo, Nick, what's happening? He's not happy. He's no alcohol in, in Saudi. <laughs> Can you ask Nick how stoked he is with that Celtics record? Oh, unbelievable. He said, unbelievable. How good is Jason Tatum, eh? He, he said he still needs a scoony, though. <laughs> that was one of the all-time... I, I was actually lost for words. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And he's, who's he got? don't know how to, you know, but I did not expect Nick Carroll to come on the airways and, and have a chat, mate. Awesome week, Kempi. 
Awesome week. I've really enjoyed it. And everyone's done a stellar job, boys. So keep up the great work. Rip into a nice weekend. One more week of radio. And uh, then we get a, a deserved break. And I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate your messages. We'll shoot off and we'll come back and we'll get through a couple of these messages before we pass it over. Pass the baton to the one and only Ricardo. Back soon.